0: Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, your host. Uh, Just a little quick update this Sunday afternoon for folks uh, who did not get a chance to to see or hear what happened yesterday, uh, as well as some new information that's come to light in the last, uh, you know, 20, 24 hours or so from yesterday's scrimmage. I'll start with probably the most important news, uh, and it was further confirmed this morning by Eric Naline, uh, publisher of InsideTexas.com. We first reported no No major injuries out of the practice so we can actually now go ahead and say, okay, look, some guys were uh, may have been nicked up, et cetera, but no known major injuries coming out of that. That means Texas is going to be healthy, uh, most likely, you know, cross our fingers heading into its first game uh, against Rice. There are some more uh, heavy practices coming up in the next two weeks. There are no real full contact, full go scrimmages, though. Uh, where a lot of injuries uh, tend to occur. So uh, keep that in mind. That is probably the best news. Uh, The rest of this, I want to go kind of position by position based on what we've heard at InsideTexas.com. By the way, if you're not a subscriber at InsideTexas, you should be. Right now, it's $1 for one month as an introductory offer to anybody and everybody. Uh, Make sure you do that. uh, Here's what I've heard personally uh, at quarterback. Uh, Quinn Ewers continues to lead the way. Uh, Eric Nolene said he threw touchdown passes to several different – excuse me, Eric Nolien said he threw a deep bomb uh, to Xavier Worthy, uh, among other uh, plays yesterday that were among his prettiest. Uh, What I've heard is that Ewers continues to be the clear number one at quarterback. The real battle in that room remains for the number two job between Arch Manning and Malik Murphy. I got some more color on that this morning. Uh, Malik went in first with the twos is what I'm told. Arch came in, worked with the twos and threes. Malik worked with the twos and threes. They split those reps. Nobody gave me a, an exact number, but it sounded from from talking to folks. It sounded like a 50-50 deal uh, and that the backup quarterback is certainly uh, in play right now. Uh, we will see uh, what occurs over the next two weeks. I'm not sure that the, that the coaches even got resolution after yesterday between those. I mean, one of the things we had talked about going into this weekend, was we thought that uh, people would figure out who's where on the depth chart coming out of this final scrimmage. Okay, at quarterback in the number two spot, I'm not sure we're there yet. We'll see if Steve Sarkeesian says anything specifically about it uh, this coming week. Uh, But uh, as of right now, that's not what I'm hearing. Uh, At running back, uh, Cedric Baxter has been mentioned uh, by not only myself, Justin Wells, Eric Nalene had more on him this morning over at Inside Texas as well. Uh, but the, the the point of emphasis that uh, was told to me today is that he is running through tackles more like a guy his size is supposed to be running through tackles. Like uh, he he may have been getting caught not looking up a little bit um, uh, his during the spring. Now he's got his vision going as well as his legs running through contact a little bit better. That's good whenever you're a 220-pound back and going heavier probably as you get older and more experienced. Jonathan Brooks, Keelan Robinson, uh, still there. Uh, Jaden Blue uh, down the depth chart at this point, but still a place for him on the roster is what I'm told. All right, uh, so wide receiver. Go to that. Uh, Not only did Xavier Worthy catch that long bomb, he caught touchdown, as did A.D. Mitchell and Jordan Whittington, according to Eric. Uh, And DeAndre Moore, I I had not heard much about the young man uh, from uh, California of late uh, but he was said to have a good practice uh, as well uh ryan niblett jonte cook also in action too i uh, have not heard much on casey kane uh, the uh, tr- junior out of new orleans at this time but it's a name to watch uh let's let's go straight uh to offensive line next uh skip the uh, tight ends uh offensive line uh going there talking about a couple guys uh, first of all First team out was left tackle, Kelvin Banks, left guard, Hayden Connor, center, Jake Majors, right guard, DJ Campbell, right tackle, Christian Jones. Second team out, Trevor Goosby, I was told, was second team left tackle, followed by Neto Umiyozulu, Connor Robertson was second team center, uh, second team right guard was Cole Hudson, second team right tackle, Cam Williams. That all being said, there's still an ongoing debate on l- first team left guard whether that's Hayden Connor, Neto, or even Cole Hudson. Furthermore, there's a, a debate about who's the true backup at center. Is it Cole Hudson or is it Connor Robertson who, who's running with the second team right now while Hudson gets a, starter or gets a lot of reps at guard still? We don't know the answer to that. Only Kyle Flood does at this time. We can conjecture all we want. Uh, but reality is we don't have that information for you guys uh, definitively. Uh, at this time. A couple other notes that I was told, Andre Kojo actually has looked good uh, this uh, fall as well. He worked at right guard, or excuse me, right tackle yesterday on the third team. Uh, Peyton Kirkland uh, worked at left guard uh, as well, another freshman in the mix there, uh, although lower on the uh, totem pole, I guess is the best way way to put it. I'll go on to defense, and it's uh it's something that is a recurring theme in these reports so far this offseason. That is Alfred Collins, the defensive end, defensive tackle, uh continues to get high praise from people behind the scenes, as does Jere Bledsoe, a guy that is not unlike Collins in some ways. He's an undersized defensive tackle or an oversized end. Uh, that's kind of their they're both uh MOs, right? And they're both highly athletic. Uh, and can get after the passer. I was told uh, this morning that Bledsoe is actually quicker and more athletic than Collins, whereas Collins is a little bit sturdier at this point against the run. One more thing about this. I asked uh, a couple people, who is the best pass rusher on the team? I expected to hear um, Baron Sorrell. I expected to hear Alfred Collins, uh, some guys like that. But actually what I was told is the most difficult to block, not necessarily the best pass rusher because there's a little bit of difference there. The most difficult to block is Anthony Hill um, because of his combination of athleticism and just pure speed and kind of body control coming around the edge. That being said, doesn't mean he's the best pass rusher means he's the most difficult to block at this time. Guys like Baron Sorrell have a little bit of know-how mixed in there along with their, uh, you know, two years or three years now of being in a, in a weight room, Ethan Burke still holding down uh, the first team uh, boundary uh, uh, buck position right now, Uh, the old position manned by uh, uh, Ovio Gufu. All right, going on to linebacker. uh, We mentioned uh, David Benda still is the starter there. Uh, One, one note for me out of this is Anthony Hill's got a package as a pass rusher. He's also uh, playing some uh, linebacker. So is Maurice Blackwell. I heard Maurice, Had a decent practice yesterday as well as David Benda, according to Eric, had a good one and continues to hold down that starting spot. Interestingly, a name that you don't hear much. I got got brought up to me um, this morning and that's Jet Bush. So beyond uh, Jalen Ford, Jet Bush uh, got some real uh, praise as just a solid backup. Uh, You know, something happens to Jalen Ford. Texas may need Jet Bush a lot Uh, and they like where he's headed. Uh, Of course, he's the senior former walk-on uh, that has done well uh, at Texas and earned his full scholarship. All right, uh, yesterday we reported uh, that Mohammed, uh, the freshman defensive back, uh, caused another turnover. Uh, we can confirm that happened. We can also say that he wasn't the only one. I believe there were four total turnovers in the scrimmage yesterday. Two fumbles, two uh, interceptions. We're checking on who, who recovered, who caused, all that stuff. Uh, not all of that is clear at this point. I will say this, um, according to uh, multiple people. Muhammad had another terrific uh, camp. Ryan Watts also got beat a couple times. Uh, and I mentioned that yesterday uh, and Eric Nalin mentioned that again today in his report as well. He said that long bomb uh, Watts was the culprit uh, on that long bomb to uh, Xavier Worthy. Again, though, this is a zero sum game. Watts apparently gave him a free release. Uh, things happen. Don't be down and in, down uh, or whatever on ryan watts uh just trying to describe to you guys exactly what's going on all right a uh, couple things i, I want to finish with here and i and i i'm really just trying to get through it so you guys get a good primer we're gonna have the um, live stream tonight uh and myself and jerry will be on there we'll be talking about the team as well as recruiting we're gonna have some other guys on as well that to give you guys some more updated information uh the overall uh theme based on what i was told is no different than what I was told yesterday. Defense won the early part of the scrimmage. Offense came on as the scrimmage progressed. That means they really got going later in in the scrimmage. So whether who won the scrimmage, yeah, let's, I think maybe early the defense clearly won and maybe late, it sounds like the offense uh, came out, uh, the better of it. We'll have to wait and see how that that, uh, turns out. And if Steve Sarkeesian agrees with that assessment, by the way, uh, or or not, and he said, we think he's going to talk to the media on Monday, but we're not quite sure yet about that. Last thing though, thing to watch for, and I was told this specifically, turnovers. So we went we went into this fall camp knowing that Pete Kwitkowski had mentioned the defense quarter had mentioned that Texas wanted to create more turnovers this year. It was a focal point, something that they think they need to do to be an elite defense and to get their offense on the field more often, okay? One one of two things is happening right now. Either the defense is turning them over too much or the offense is turning it over too much. So there are a lot of turnovers going on, relatively speaking. Is it an absurd amount? No, not not necessarily. And Sark even mentioned that in in that context on Friday when he was in the media, he's like, eh, three turnovers in 130 plays is not a ton when it's 130 offensive plays. Let's see exactly what that looks like, though, uh, because either the, I talked to someone that is convinced that either Texas is definitely better at creating turnovers this year or the, it's the opposite. The offense is turning the ball over too much. Uh, one person said just putting the ball on the ground too much at this uh, too often at this point. So that that's something to watch the last two weeks here. Uh, again, we'll have the live stream tonight at 7, uh, answering more team questions. Hopefully, get some more information for you guys that we can share as well uh, and answer any recruiting questions. Uh, with the f- uh, high school football season starting next week, we do believe that there are going to be some guys that start making their college decision before high school football season starts. All right, uh, that'll do it for this quick update. Uh, appreciate you guys watching on Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, and we'll, have, we'll be back tonight at 7. Appreciate it.